Democrats and Republicans are already looking ahead to 2024. That was clearly on display this week at the Illinois State Fair. There's a reason that we were chosen to host the Democratic National Convention next year. And it's because we are a bright light of freedom in the center of the nation. We are a beacon lighting the path for national success. We are Barbie when everyone else is just Ken. Republicans, show up. And this election year, we are going to show up and turn out to not only retain the 40 seats we have, but we will gain back seats and start moving in the right direction to improve this state for families, businesses, and our future generations. Governor's Day and Republican Day at the fair drew big crowds and some heated rhetoric. We'll talk about those events and what they revealed about plans for the upcoming election cycle on this edition of Capital Cast. Hello and welcome to Capital Cast, a regular podcast of Capital News Illinois. I'm Peter Hancock. Those voices you heard at the beginning were Governor J.B. Pritzker speaking at a Governor's Day brunch with the Democratic Party faithful and State Representative Tony McCombie, the Illinois House Republican leader, speaking at Republican Day at the State Fair. Political days at the Illinois State Fair are a long-standing tradition. For decades, they've served as rallying points for each party's political base, and this year was no different. With the first primaries of next year's election cycle just a few months away, both parties are gearing up for what promised to be some high-stakes elections. At the federal level, Democrats want to hold on to the White House and Senate and regain control of the U.S. House. And here in Illinois, they hope to widen what are already supermajorities in both chambers of the General Assembly. Republicans, meanwhile, hope to win back the White House and gain control of both chambers of Congress, while here at home, they'll try to make a strong showing in this deeply blue state. CNI's State House Bureau Chief Jerry Nowicki attended this year's events, and he's here with us today to unpack everything that happened. Jerry, thanks for being here. Yeah, excited to talk about the festivities, Peter. Okay, so let's start with Governor's Day. That was Wednesday. That's traditionally a big day for Democrats because it starts with this brunch with prominent Democrats from all over the state. And it's the brunch is highlighted with speeches from many of the Democrats' top elected officials. We heard a little bit from Governor Pritzker in the opening, but I want to play another clip and you can talk about this on the other side. Republicans supported an insurrection and claimed it was an act of patriotism. They falsely claimed that they're the party of law and order while celebrating a four-time indicted presidential candidate. They lecture about fiscal responsibility while they voted against balanced budgets, causing Illinois eight credit downgrades and billions in debt. They say they want to solve real problems, but then they spend all of their time screaming conspiracy theories about the purge, about Disney, about green M&Ms and space lasers. So, Jerry, what does that tell us about what to expect in the next year, year and a half? I think what we saw from the Democrats is they'd really like to play up the dysfunction that 
uh, former President Trump kind of causes the Republican Party and the indictments that he is going through, which is really just sort of an unprecedented, just definitely an unprecedented, entirely unprecedented thing um, in American politics. So I think what we're going to see from Democrats is the fact that they want to hit the Republicans on Trump, even if the Republicans don't want to talk about Trump, they want to tie him to them, they want to still them to still be the party of Trump. Um, and, you know, they, they want to paint the Republic Republicans as the party of no of the party of conspiracy theories, uh, the party that doesn't want to govern, but would rather just uh, talk about culture war stuff. So uh, I think that's that's the type of frame that you're going to see um, in in from Democrats in 2024. And there was also a lot of talk about their policy successes over the last four or five years, weren't there? Oh yeah, I think the Democratic supermajorities have really gotten a lot of things done that they said they would get done. Whether you know you like them is probably going to uh, to uh, determine whether you call them successive, but you have things like uh, the gun control measures that were recently passed. You have, uh, now they always tout the balanced budgets and the state getting its its fiscal footing under the past five years and stuff like that, where Dem uh, Republicans mostly voted against them. You know, Republicans would have their own reasons that they, you know, it didn't put enough money in this direction, puts too much money in this direction increases spending by too much, but really when it's come down to it, uh, um, revenues have surpassed spending in the last couple of years. So Democrats tout that as, as one of their major accomplishments, that things are going fairly decent fiscally. Okay. Democrats also typically bring in a keynote speaker to these events. This year, it was U.S. Senator Catherine Cortez Mosto of Nevada. Let's listen to a little bit of what she had to say. Around this time last year, a lot of people in Washington were saying that I couldn't win. They were saying the headwinds were too strong, that inflation was too high, and it is, and it was. The midterms never go well for the party in power. That's what I kept hearing. In fact, I even found out later that one Republican billionaire literally waged, uh, uh, wagered a bet against me winning in Nevada. Now. Here's what I know growing up in Nevada. You never get bet against the house, right? We won. Not only did we win, but we won by 7,928 votes. And I'll tell you, in Nevada, that is a landslide. Harry Reid's votes were 400. That is a landslide. We did it. So, Jerry, uh, Catherine Cortez Mosto is not exactly a household name. Tell us why she was there and why she's considered important. Yeah, they always have someone of general national interest there, sometimes rising stars or whomever. I think a couple of years back, it was Secretary Pete Buttigieg back when he was just a mayor and they weren't quite sure who he was. But she was there uh, this week to just sort of show the importance one seat can make. Um, show the importance a couple thousand votes can make, show the importance of just showing up to the polls for one. But I thought one of the interesting interesting things she brought up was that seem, things seem to have really changed for her uh, when Roe versus Wade was overturned by the U.S. Supreme Court. Um, that was the uh, sort of federal protection of, of access to abortion care. 
And um, she said, everyone, Republicans, Democrats, independents, talked to her about that after that was overturned and people were concerned about their freedoms. So, you know, um, I think that's obviously going to remain a major issue uh, in the upcoming elections. And she sort of said that, you know, how important that was for uh, uh, her in, in winning that seat back. Okay, so that was Governor's Day. Uh, let's now turn to Republican Day, which was Thursday. In the opening, we heard from Illinois House Minority Leader Tony McCombie of Savannah. I want to play a couple of other clips, starting with State Party Chairman Don Tracy. As Republicans, we don't always agree, but that's okay. We embrace healthy debate. Just look at our incredible candidates vying for the presidency, each with their own vision for the nation's future. But we all come back to core principles, reducing the government burden on our day-to-day -day lives, empowering people to live their lives to the fullest, and ensuring a government of the people, by the people, for the people. And then we heard from Senate Republican leader John Curran from Downers Grove. As the governor and his allies find new ways to push average Illinoisans away, we must focus on bringing them in. We don't need everyone to agree with us on every issue. We just need them to vote Republican. First of all, let's talk about the elephant in the room. What word didn't we hear in there or in any of the speeches at Republican Day? Yeah, obviously, they didn't really want to mention Donald Trump. You know, you saw his name on some signage at the fair. There were still some people with Trump 45 shirts and Trump 2024 signs, but they were less this year than they have been in the past, I think, certainly. But um, the candidates themselves, they were more, you know, speaking of unity, you heard Tony McCombie at the fair. She said, you know, we got to stop beating up on each other. Um, Democrats are giving us plenty to beat up on them. So and then you have uh, Tracy, who also said something like with less infighting and more unity, we can start to chip away at the at the uh, Democratic supermajorities everywhere in state government. So um, they know that that Trump is a challenge. And when you ask them directly, if, if Trump gets the nomination, is that going to be bad for you down ballot? They were, were reluctant to speak to that. Uh, uh, Chairman Tracy said just sort of quickly and curtly, you know, that remains to be seen. You had um, others when you brought it up, they'd or brought up Trump's indictments, they'd say, oh, yes, well, we have uh, uh, Speaker Madigan's inner circle facing indictments right now, facing court hearings right now. Um, Madigan himself is going up in April. So it was just sort of a pivot away from Trump uh, generally was the tactic for the Republican Party this year. So Republicans also brought in a keynote speaker of their own, Drew McKissick. He's the state GOP chairman in South Carolina and a co-chair of the Republican National Committee. Let's listen to a little of what he had to say. We have to be ready to do the hard work of the elections. We can't get turned off because we lost. And look, we've got the party out there right now, who's a Democrat party, who's giving us all kinds of opportunities to connect with Americans right now. They are the party of woke. They are the party of pronouns. They're the party who can't decide what bathroom people are supposed to go to. I mean, these are, we, they, these are the party who gave us a United States Supreme Court justice who doesn't know what a woman is, for goodness sake. Okay, so it looks like Republicans aren't afraid to get into the culture war issues themselves, are they? No, I, I mean, you know, I think 
that's sort of if something that's always uh, invigorated that party. Um, I think there's a certain level of wanting to repeat those things over and over again to make Democrats seem uh, some sort of extremist party for for the base voters who sort of turn up in primaries and and uh, vote in general elections as well. So uh, I think, you know, it's, was it tamer than if it would have come from someone like Trump? Sure, I think it was, but uh, you know, that there's, it's still some of those tendencies of the party um, aren't going to go away. The people who vote want to hear that type of stuff. So um, I think that, that just sort of, um, trying to walk that fine line is is what the candidates are going to try to do this year. Okay. Well, that's all the time we have for this edition of Capital Cast. Thanks again to State House Bureau Chief Jerry Nowicki for all of his insight. Capital Cast is a production of Capital News Illinois, a State House reporting project of the Illinois Press Foundation. Until next time, this is Peter Hancock saying thank you for listening.